Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back. We've got another episode of the Beyond Sunday podcast. We do. Where we get to talk about Sunday sermon and its implications. As if it wasn't long enough. <laughs> yeah, but well, now we're we beyond ended, Sunday. We ended good, though. It's Tuesday. What do you mean we ended good? You we mean like time-wise? Time. Yeah. yeah, sure we did. Mm. Wasn't Communion Sunday? Mm-mm. No. No. Yeah, we could have could have gone for a while. For sure. Uh, it was a short text, though. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm just going to read it to us. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, if you were not with us, we were in First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Uh, and the core value for the week was disciple making. All right. Can I tell you something funny though? So <laughs> here's your joke. If folks. you were if you were here on Sunday, or if you were watching on Sunday, I made reference to. I wish the analytics would tell us who's watching live stream in their mm-hmm. PJs. Mm-hmm. So I've I've got my phone in my lapel. Uh, l- lapel you know, pocket morning. of my jacket. Yeah. So on Sunday at eleven eighteen, I feel it buzz, and I. I wanted so badly to look at it. I bet. And I didn't, but I should have, because if I'd have pulled it out, I would have read you a note from MJ Morgan, <laughs> who said, I'm, I'm watching, and then she lists pajamas, hot chocolate, and a, and a blanket, or something like that. That was so classic. MJ. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Making us all quasi-jealous. Yeah. But she's probably would have rather been here. Knowing MJ, she I know she, she would have rather been here. And that's how she started. Yeah. But then she listed, I'm, I'm tracking you with this. So. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, you could have brought that right up. and That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. First uh, Peter 2, mm-hmm. 9 to 12. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. All right, so question one. Mm-hmm. Verse nine starts off with four of these special classifications, okay? Mm-hmm. Chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, people for his own possession. Um, that feels Jewish to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's some understanding or background mm-hmm. knowledge. So why does Peter, who is Jewish, but mm-hmm. why, why does he choose those? Um, is this a Jewish audience? Is it a Gentile audience? What's up with those four things, and why? Yeah, um, I don't have it in front of me, but I can see your scriptures. You've got the opening of, mm-hmm. of First Peter, so it's written to... The elect exiles, exiles. of the dispersion. Mm-hmm. So, actually, if I'm remembering right from my studies, mm-hmm. I believe that's that, in yeah. like the country of modern-day Turkey, mm-hmm. just south of the Black Sea, mm-hmm. um, mostly Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I th- I think the language that you're seeing is reflecting the continuity between us and Israel. Mm-hmm. We would want to keep some distinction between the two, but in this case, it's more continuity than than difference here, than contrast, because the language used, uh, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, those two middle terms 
are used of Israel in Exodus 19. Mm -hmm. So I would say that it's because of the continuity and the progress of Revelation where God is giving the church now the assignment that Israel failed. So one of the reasons why this is important for Beyond Sunday, as we were talking a moment ago, is, uh, you know, about the Beyond Sunday concept. It's because now what we have this week is we have the opportunity to say, okay, we're the ones now that God has chosen to do a particular assignment in the world. And let's mm -hmm. remember that. That's why it's important. You know, I was thinking about, you know, should I s just spend a second and say, You'll notice in your Bible study in verse 9, you are these things. So that's God announcing a reality about his people. Mm -hmm. The question for us is, do we believe that or not? Which is that first point, you know, our special status. I forget how it was worded. but Yep, that's it. So, um, that's, that's, so that opening announcement of the four character traits is for us to agree with God and say, this is who we are in the world. He's the one that made us like this. Now we're set to say, okay, what's our assignment? Okay. So just for Beyond Sunday's sake, um, this our mission of disciple-making, it, it starts by laying the foundation of who are we mm -hmm. in Christ. Yeah. Who, how does God yeah. see us? Yeah. And am I right, that verse 10 there? You, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not mm -hmm. received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hosea? Mm-hmm. Hosea, yeah. I think it's like 2.23 or something like that. So it's, it's verbatim. Yeah. And the the Hebrew word plays, you may remember those names mm -hmm. of those folks. Uh, His children. Yeah. So yeah. not my people, lo ami, and then, yeah. you know, no mercy. Uh, and so forth. So there's a great wordplay in the Hebrew that's lost in this Greek translation. Okay. But yes, it is a direct quote. Yeah, and that's that's such a powerful picture in Hosea of God's just immense love for us yeah. and unconditional love. And when I mean, we deserve judgment. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Uh, just the picture that is mm -hmm. painted there through Hosea and his. Yeah. His children is pretty incredible, and that's that's us. Yeah, verse uh, verse nine a, and then also verse ten together is us. That's yeah, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so with that kind of framework in our mind, this understanding of who we are, mm -hmm. how God sees us, now we're kind of given these instructions to. There, here's our assignment. Here's how to live. And the one that uh, Jonathan, the one that. In, in nine, the one that struck me the most mm -hmm. was a people for his own possession. Um, by the time you get to that, you realize that, okay, my, my, you know, my life this week, uh, today does not belong to me alone. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, you know, I belong to God, mm -hmm. so I need to function for him because he owns me. Mm -hmm. that, that really struck me as, uh, you know, that's why I think I said on Sunday to the degree that you believe that you are in this category, in these ca these four categories, that's the degree to which you're going to be effective and on mission for him yeah. and being a disciple maker, which was, I think, the, the third core value, right? The, uh, you know, we're new creations going to our neighbors and nations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that reminds me, Chet Heaster was teaching through Romans and pointed out Paul's designation of himself as a slave, a, a doulos. Yep. And... Um, he was owned. Yep. Right. Exactly. And he, strong language in the New Testament for yeah, that. Yeah. So you get your your marching orders. Yep. You know from the slave yep. master, the owner. Mm -hmm. um, so we are owned 
it's a good reminder. And then he goes in on in verse 11, right, to mm-hmm. give us these instructions, right, for living. I, I urge you as sojourners mm-hmm. and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so easy to lose sight of that. What's what actually is discipling us in this world? Mm-hmm. You know, we we've said countless times now mm-hmm. the the secular sermons, the things that s- the voices in our life that are trying to disciple us. And so yeah. there's a there's a, a, a pretty hard reminder here to stay separate from those things. That's right. This world is not yes. our home. So true. So be on guard against those. Yeah. Um, but then he goes on to say, you know, that we're to proclaim the excellencies, mm-hmm. right, of him who called us out of darkness. And that's so, the mission. Yeah, that's the mission. Um, how, that sounds like that's pretty, I don't know, how, how do I go mm-hmm. about proclaiming the excellencies of? Yeah, I think that, you know, when we, when we had that segment on Sunday, I was trying to give an evangelistic method um, or a method of evangelism where you could talk to a non-Christian and talk to them about God's moral excellence, his moral character. Because if I remember correctly, the excellencies word is, it is the word virtue. So okay. it's and and if you are if you're part of the foundations group with me, then remember that that's the first of seven things that we add to faith in Second Peter chapter one, somewhere beginning around verse five and following. So here, what we're supposed to do is report or announce. Here it's translated that you may proclaim. So it's giving a report mm-hmm. to someone else about, in this case. God's, uh, God's virtue. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the importance of this, though, is when it's translated excellencies, it's because that this Greek term is a virtue that is above the norm. It's an exceptional virtue. And so what you're, what you're saying to a person, potentially to a non-Christian, is you're telling them about how great God's character is. Mm-hmm. And you could pick, you know, pick like the one I was reading yesterday and thinking about this coming Wednesday uh, was God's goodness. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that God is only good and there's no one else like that. I mean, he is only good and that goodness is perfect goodness. I mean, there's so many, uh, there's so many things that differentiate him from yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So, sure. so that's one of these things that, uh, you know, if we're on mission, look for the opportunities to explain to other people about the excellent character of God. So correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't feel like a natural, mm-hmm. normal thing for most people to just proclaim. Let me proclaim mm-hmm. the excellencies of or Let me tell mm-hmm. you about how good God or excellent God is, virtuous God is. So how does... I, I know, but think about... Um, when I say correct me if I'm wrong, should that, I think part I, of what I'm getting at, should that be more normal for us? Well, I want to say I, I think it is. So um, you've, been, you've been watching some of the playoff, the football, the football games? A couple. A little bit, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, w- I was in a conversation earlier with... Uh, with Austin, mm-hmm. uh, when I came in earlier today, I said, "Hey, did you get a chance to catch any of the games on Sunday?" And that Chiefs and uh, Bills games, right? Did you yeah, see the fourth the quarter? So yes, I, did, I, did. I did too. I caught the end. I caught the fourth quarter. But it's interesting. Listen to any football fan mm-hmm. and uh, talk about the Bills, 
and it would be hard to not hear them say, not to report on the excellence, the skill level of Josh Allen, their, mm-hmm. their quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it is actually more natural than we think when you think about the way in which we describe someone who's exceptional. Mm-hmm. So what, what's missing in our Christian testimony, though, in, in, is we're not so enamored with God as we are with a Josh Allen or uh, Brock Purdy for the San Francisco 49ers. Look at the exceptional play mm-hmm. you know, that we're seeing out of the Baltimore Ravens and their quarterback as well. So there's all this, you know, this talk about these athletes in a way that is very natural to us. Mm-hmm. We, we report or announce or uh, we proclaim their excellencies. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I forget the, court, uh, the guy from Kansas City. Mahomes, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Whatever I mean, look his at, name look is. At, yeah, but look at the kind of postseason he's putting together. Mm-hmm. It's like after a mediocre. So, so we do this. Sure. Yeah. Now, the other thing to remember is, is that I think for us, and I'm going to put myself in this category. Procla- I would say that you may proclaim Christ or something along those lines. I think we would be quick to go in that in that uh, avenue, down that avenue. Where this verse is that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, that's God. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to, uh, trying to urge a type of method. Start your focus on the character of God. So when you get in a conversation, you're, you're right. Maybe it's not this first, let me proclaim the excellencies of him. Mm-hmm. But you could be in a conversation where you have an opportunity to bring up the subject of God's character in a world where it's missing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I think some people are better that than better at that than others. Agreed. My marriage is one of them. Rebecca's much quicker to say, "Oh man, God has been so faithful to us this year," mm-hmm. um, and be quick to yep. give Him yep. credit that He deserves. Yep. And I tend to be a little more passive in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for different reasons, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's a, a way for me to kind of try and lean more in that direction. Mm-hmm. Because it, if it's important to me, you know, like if the bills are important mm-hmm. to you, you talk about the bills. Notice that we're not talking about the Cowboys or Eagles right now. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is that's important to yeah. us, we talk about. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, it's probably a good question to ask. How important is my walk with the Lord? How important is my study of God and His Word? Because if it was mm. as important as it should be, yeah. it would probably be on top of my mind more often than yeah. not. Yeah, and I think you know, for us this week, that ver- the end of verse 9 is, is a great angle for evangelism. And that's, mm-hmm. even that alone, I think, will help us because it's not first and foremost we have to tell them about Jesus. It is also God's character is the reason for Jesus. I mm-hmm. mean, it's because he loved us yeah. that he, you know, it's because of his loving kindness that he sends his son and so forth. So I think this is good for us to think through how do we talk to non-Christians and are we ready to say that God is good? And I'm just picking out on just one, just picking out one mm-hmm. of his attributes. Yeah. Um, and so I, I got a little bit out of order there. I jumped into verses 11 and yeah, 12 and then back bit. into yeah, 9. That's okay. Um, but one of the things I wrote down is just kind of that two-folded um, or two-sided mm-hmm. mentality of our 
disciple-making efforts. And one, we we do need to proclaim, right? Mm-hmm. But verses 11 and 12 mm-hmm. there get to our character and, you know, not just yeah. proclaiming it yeah. but with our words, but with our life. Yeah, and, what do they see? And that's something that, goodness, if we're not, right, yeah. in our workplaces or in our neighborhoods, wherever, backing up our words with our lifestyle, mm-hmm. not that we need to be perfect, but... Yeah. It does the the message a lot of harm. It does. Mm-hmm. I love. I mean, I love the end. Of those last two verses to to have those two instructions that say, "Hey, when you're when you're living amongst the non non Christians, you can see by the way the use of Gentiles in twelve. Keep your conduct among mm-hmm. the Gentiles honorable. You can see once again your comment earlier about who is this aimed at. I mean, you're living amongst the non, uh, you know, the, the, the pagans, mm-hmm. that would be another way to put that. So when you're living among the pagans, make sure that it is a lifestyle that is attractive to the eye. And I tried to spend a little bit of time on that so that you could see honorable in its true light as being a lifestyle that when they see it, they go, wow, that's attractive. Mm-hmm. There's something about that life that's attractive, which is really good, right? I mean, any of your interaction that you're having with any non-Christian this week, just make sure that you are winsome, attractive in the way you live. Let that be a spirit of a spirit of God thing rather than mm-hmm. something you're trying to put on, but certainly allow God to give you that type of lifestyle. I mean, it's it's a huge testimony. And look at the possibility of they see it, they see your lifestyle. In this case, they see your good deeds, which is, of course, Peter borrowing from Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, they, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven, is almost a, a restate. It is a restatement of Jesus in Matthew 5. So um, there's the possibility that they'll get saved because of what they see. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think, uh, like, I was, you can answer this question, but like, what are some of the things that you think people see first? Joy. Yeah, okay. Joy. Do they feel love? Okay. Look at the first two fruit of the spirits. Yeah. Right? I mean, out of order, but... Sure, yeah. So I, I that's just my, you know, my take on that. I think about when I'm interacting with neighbors across the street in the neighborhood back there, I'm thinking about what do they actually see? I mean, mm-hmm. what do they see? That sets you apart. Do they, do they sense that I care for them? Do they sense that there is, uh, is there joy and happiness when we interact? Um, you know, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And then how about, how about just integrity that says you, you go up to someone and you say, look, I'm really sorry, I blew it. Mm. I mean, look at the authenticity in that and the, and the sincerity of that where you, you may have to apologize to a neighbor and say, you know, that just wasn't the best thing, and I'm really sorry about that. That doesn't, um, it's not who I am. It's not who I want to be. It doesn't represent my God well. Mm-hmm. Oh, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. So, yeah. I think that would go a long way. Yeah. One of the first things that came to my mind, and it's so simple, um, but it it's interesting how the world picks up on it when your language doesn't reflect the language of the world and, mm. like, you know, mm. the, the common swear yeah. words or whatever. Yeah. Like, someone who doesn't yeah. use that language, yeah. it's so weird. And to me, it's like, you know, yep. you know, I don't swear. Big deal. Yep. It's, it's not, you know, yeah. all that 
you know, high of an achievement. <laughs> yeah. But for if, if you're around a bunch of coworkers for long enough, wow. and that's kind you of the, the culture. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Austin in particular, <laughs> potty mouth. <laughs> but if you're in a work uh, culture where that's like commonplace, yeah. and then you just, yeah, you know, it's not, it's not your language, it, to me, it doesn't stand out. But to someone else, it's like they pick up on that mm-hmm. pretty quickly for some reason. So it's funny yeah. how even just very small things to us yeah. can set us apart. And um, yeah, or, and, and another one might be too. I think they would pick up on this really quickly if you weren't if you didn't follow through with something you said you were going to do. Yeah, I think they would be quick to say, man, yeah, because they probably see a lot of unfaithfulness in the world. Mm-hmm. When they should see faithfulness in us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this, yeah, you know, the instructions still are so important for us to make sure that we're performing in the world in a way that God gets the glory. Yeah, no, that's good. So uh, to tie things up here a little bit, mm-hmm. let's go back to that phrase that we use. Mm-hmm. We are new creations going to our neighbors and nations. And this passage, I really think, summed that up well because it just laid that out. We're new creations. We're a chosen race, a yeah. royal priesthood, et cetera, yep. right? And because of that, now we're on mission. Yep. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We've got a job to do here yeah. while we're here. And so let's um, mm-hmm. make good use of what yeah. we have with our words and our actions. So Yeah. And you hope it's a collective effort, right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. me, us, you hope all of us are, you know, spreading that light in a dark world, uh, putting a text like this into practice beyond Sunday. Yeah. Good deal. Okay. That's, I think, good for now. That's it? Yeah. You all happy? Right. I am. Oh, yeah. If you're happy, I'm happy. Great. Well, thanks for joining us. Podcast at cbcmj.com is where you can send your questions. Oh, okay. Yep, it's Good. new. Excellent. Just kidding. It's not new at all. And that's enough of Randy and I for today. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all on Sunday. All right. Love you guys. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday. <laughs>